everyone, I am Antro Davis and I am the creator of this podcast entitled Stay On Purpose. A journey of growth, opportunity, education, awareness, alignment, and abundance. I want to take some time to thank each of you for taking the time to tune in to this podcast. If you are inspired by Anyway, please, by all means, subscribe, screenshot, and share with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Antrell, A-N-T-R-E-L-L, and through the Stay On Purpose Facebook page. Put on your seatbelts because I am going to take you all on a very bumpy road. We are going to touch on the topic of domestic violence. And on this episode, we have a special, special guest, Miss Queen Afi. Miss Queen was born in Washington, D.C. And in 2008, she founded the Domestic Violence Wears Mini Tags organization. It is a local educational and resource center for victims and abusers of domestic violence. She is on a mission to break the cycle. She used teaching techniques to be proactive in prevention, in helping restoring and preserving a stable family environment through educational services. Queen holds a master's degree and mental health counseling from Capella University. And she is now pursuing her PhD in advanced studies in human behavior, also from Capella University. She has volunteered as a child advocate for abused and neglected children. And she's also volunteered with various churches and women's shelters in the Washington DC area. She's a mental health professional, a life coach, a domestic violence expert, consultant, and a talk show host for the abuser side education, which educates on the warning signs of abusive personality from a male and female perspective. She is an awesome individual. I'm so happy and honored to have her on this call on this episode of Stay On Purpose. And she is so passionate about helping and passionate about healing. And we are going to hear from Miss Queen Afi. Hello, hello, Miss Queen Afi. How are you doing today? All right. How about yourself? I am well. I am well. I want to thank you so much for being a part of the Stay On Purpose podcast, and thank you for um, for agreeing to share your knowledge about domestic violence. It is such a great, great topic that I don't think we talk enough about. So I'm so happy that you have decided to join in with us. I see that you are a Washingtonian. Yes, ma'am. Born and raised. 
born and raised. Once you are rare because a lot of people migrate here from different areas. So including myself, I've been in the area now for about 11 years. So, you know, finding a true Washingtonian is very hard, a very hard thing to do sometimes. All right, All right. you got one here. <laughs> Along with being a Washingtonian, you are a mother. Um, two boys, um, a daughter, Smiley, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, and you have a beautiful granddaughter named Blake. Yep, that is She's us. beautiful. Her eyes are just so beautiful. Beautiful daughter. Thank you. Granddaughter. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you wear some other hats. You are a mental health professional, life coach, domestic violence expert, consultant, and a talk show host, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. So this this podcast shares a lot about purpose and why we should identify our purpose and stay on stay on purpose. Uh, do you know your purpose? I believe I do at this point. Know my purpose. Okay, so what is your purpose? My purpose is to um, get the dinner table back at the dinner table. Um, Having conversations that are mental health related, which is something that we, you know, we are afraid to do because mental health is stigmatized in so many cultures, not just the African-American culture. It's stigmatized in a lot of cultures. So my thing is, is that we need to have this conversation irregardless of the stigmas. We've got to get past that because um, we got to um, get a handle on our young generations that are coming up, being diagnosed very early on, um, and still not knowing what this is all about. So I right. think it's important that I, my purpose is to uh, get us back at that dinner table conversation. Okay, okay, I like that. And do you feel like you're staying on that purpose? I absolutely do. Yeah, I, it's a I struggle you because. Yeah, it's a struggle, but um, and it's a struggle because this, this, the the um, stigma has superseded Queen of Fee. I'm only one woman saying, you know, not literally one woman, but I'm one woman today in 2019 over here in this area <laughs> saying, let's get at that table and we need to discuss mental health with all of our children, with all of the boys, all of the girls, all of the men. Nobody should be singled out at the dinner table. So it's it's a struggle, but for DC it's been going over kind of well. Fantastic, and I've been following you for a very very long time, and I've heard you on the radios. I've seen you speak along with Yala Abunzat. I've seen you present in schools and various engagements, not just in DC but all over the DMV area, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So. It's just such an honor to, like I said, have you on the call. One of the quotes that you have um, stated before is, don't approach the problem being the problem. Approach the problem being the solution. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what that means to you? Yeah. um, So, you know, the problem is mental health again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And part of those issues is domestic violence, which falls under that hood. Right. So I'm saying... We need to come up with some better solutions when it comes to this conversation. 
And one of the solutions that um, I'll throw out there now is that um, domestic violence needs to be treated like a education resource as opposed right. to, let me give you an anger management class, let me give you this class. All these different spaces and places where um, we don't really chop up domestic violence where as many things. You know, and, and get into a position where we're educated in all of the things, as opposed to just physical abuse. That has been one of my greatest solutions, and it's going over well. Right. Okay. Awesome. 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 You know, I can remember, um, and you can maybe take me take me back to to this day. And we, one like you said, one of the things that we need to tackle is domestic violence, and that's why we're here to just shed some light on domestic violence if you could take me back to that that day you I think it was an evening evening and you went live on Facebook and I remember a lot of people were putting hearts on this live they were doing prayer hands on this live and you were just basically just going in very hard about domestic violence domestic abuse and why we need to get a handle on this and why this is so important and this was in reference to your daughter and I remember mm-hmm. just looking at this this live and I couldn't believe because I, I had been following you prior to that incident I knew you were very heavy in the community and I knew you were the, one of the biggest advocates I know personally when it came to domestic abuse and to see you speaking on such a tragedy it broke my heart so can you mm-hmm. Take us, take us back to that, to that moment. Oh yeah, so that was the day that I domestic violence knocked on my door. Yeah, <laughs> personally, which yeah. I never thought it couldn't. Anyway, I never thought that domestic violence could knock on my door, which is smart thinking. The other thing is, is um, <clears throat> my daughter was, you know, of course, in a relationship with her daughter's father at the time. And we had been having this conversation, you know, seven, eight years prior to my daughter being killed. But here it is knocking on my door. Um, and, 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 and even though um, I knew that her baby father would kill her, so it didn't actually shock me, but it shocked everyone else, like yourself and so many others. But I had been, you know, of course, having a conversation with my daughter, which I could not be her mom. I had to be the expert. I had to be the one to, you know, let her know what this behavior is and how dangerous it could be. It can end your life. Um, and, you know, yes, it's hurtful because it's my child. Right. You know, but I'm also, a, I'm a realist too, so I never thought that it couldn't happen to my daughter. You know, I never think that it can't happen to Blake. I never think that it can't happen to my boy. You know, the thing that I think is most important is that we're going to educate our children on what domestic violence is, what these warning signs are, what are the tags. And my daughter knew this. My daughter knew this, but did she know it for herself? Obviously not. Uh Uh Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, If you could dive in and define domestic abuse. Two separate words here. Domestic is the family. And, and this is my question for America, and everybody's going to listen to your podcast. Domestic is our family. You know, that's our household. 
That's when we claim that love for one another. Somebody tell me how is domestic violence is always at the back of the dictionary. How do violence end up in connection with domestic? See, these two words should not be blocked together. See, and um, when they get blocked together, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. And somebody's going to be hurt to the to the level that they could be killed. Right. You see what I mean? And somebody's going to go to jail. So my yep. question to America is with that definition, which is my own personal definition, uh, uh, why are we allowing, or why have we, what, what, what have we done that domestic violence get to live and sleep and eat and shower and go to the bathroom in the same place that me and my children stay. That is that is my question. See, and see the the funny thing about that. Guess what? All them definitions would be for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody got their own reason about why domestic violence living in their house. Right. And some of them don't have a a definition at all. You know, it's two words that we need to keep separate. But unfortunately, they are clumped together. So, so very true. So very true. Any any statistics that you can maybe share on that topic? Say it again. I couldn't hear. Any statistics? that you could potentially share on domestic violence like maybe does it impact women more than men or yeah um right now research is is, is showing up that um women and men are running the same rate as it pertains to physical abuse so you may have where cdc did a study and they you know um said that it's 36.6 million u.s men that are victims of domestic violence being physical abuse and then of course I think the women are 42 million so they're running really close together in terms of physical abuse and then you know you have it where our children is 17 million 3 to 17 million children grow up in households where domestic violence is being defined Wow. Um, these statistics are alarming because that's every man that you want to date that's every one, every man that I'm going to date. Yeah. 36.6 million U.S. men? Come on now, sis. This is ridiculous. As you can see, our brothers have been completely wiped out the conversation. Their bouts with domestic violence is not even counted. And if you ask me if we was to really, really count, if we could really get the men to report it, and not take the law into their own hands, mm-hmm. we will probably see 42 million men that are so victims of physical abuse. So true. So it's true. so alarming. These statistics are so alarming, and especially for our brotherhood. And you wonder why you can't get a good man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. <laughs> so... So as we transition into the cycles, you know, the repeated cycles that we see generation after generation, so we know that cycle, but what is 
Oh, could you maybe speak a little bit on the cycle of abuse um, within the, the the household or within a part within two partners? How how does that continue to go on and stop and then start again, stop and start again, um, and how that impacts a couple? Yeah, it impacts you know the family a lot. Did you have another question, Paula? Mm-hmm. So, what do can you speak on maybe the cycle of abuse? Okay. So when we talk about the cycle of abuse, you could talk about it from, you know, what the Violence Against Women Act say, part of their research or um, literature is the, um, I believe it's the tension stage is first and then it's honeymoon and then explosion stage. Um, and I'll base that around my own daughter, the steps that I went and watched this thing play out to explosion, okay? Tension was when they first got together in 2014. You know, the relationship was getting so heated because um, the young people don't communicate. Old people got issues with communication. Babies got issues with communication. And yet we want to be in love with somebody. Not only that, we have so much unresolved trauma. We bring those things into a relationship. Okay, and so when we see those triggers come up in a relationship, in our relationship, uh, we get a, we get we get tension, you know. It's, it's, it's feelings flying around. Nothing is being resolved at that point, and you know a victim could end up getting strangled, or you know end up getting slapped, kicked, punched, end up getting uh, a weapon drawn to his or her face. Because we're not only talking to women here; we're talking to the brotherhood too. Because we got some sick brothers out here battling with domestic violence issues that don't even know it. Okay, so, you know, it could go either way where we have that victim that is experiencing that. And, it's, you know, it's, it's tension. You're walking around on eggshells. You don't really, you know, you got the children in bed by 5 o'clock because, you know, your abuser don't like to hear the children after a certain time. That's tension in the household. You know, things are not right. When you can't have freedom within and freedom in your household, you don't have freedom. You got tension. Right. Okay. Then you move into the honeymoon stage because now I done smacked you, kicked you, punched you, cussed you out, called you all type of bitches and hoes a slut, broke the ass. Okay. And and, and, and I'm going to keep it a trillion with your audience because this is what they need. Uh-huh. Then you go into that phase of the honeymoon where I love you again. Uh-huh. You know, baby, I'm sorry. I didn't. You know, mean to do that. I, I won't act like that in front of nobody again. You know, I won't. I won't belittle you in front of my friends no more. I won't. You know, put pictures on Facebook or this place, that place. You know, or write little notes about us anymore. I'm sorry. And what do the victim do? That male or female get sucked right back in, which my daughter did the same thing. She got sucked right back in, and now she's pregnant. Now she want to add a baby to a, a situation that was already tension. Yeah. Now you want to add a baby. You want to try to make this young man be a father when clearly he's not ready to be a father. We have a lot of sisters doing that. Uh-huh. And you expect him to be a man because you, cause you pregnant now. That don't make him a man because you're pregnant now. Right. You know, we hope and pray to God that, you know, something will spark. Like I told my daughter, let's just cool out for a while. And we hope and pray to God that when he see Blake born, something will change in him. He'll be ready to focus everything on his daughter. Honey, let me tell you something else. Moving on out of the honeymoon state, now we're in explosion stage. 
Now she done had the baby. And things still not right. He been promising, 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 or, you know, saying, 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 but his behavior is telling the truth. I'm not into you like that. I didn't want to be a father. And as far as I'm concerned, we rushed into this thing. Okay? And so you got explosion at that point. I mean, you could back somebody up in the corner and they could come out and really hurt you. You see them? Even though he might be saying some things and promising lies, see, but in the explosion state, somebody's going to get killed. Uh-huh. A lot of times, sisters end up dead. You know, brothers end up stabbed up and dead. You know, so to me, that's, that whole cycle need to be talked about, right. you know, and killed um, at the dinner table. Because we, we don't think we, supposed, we think we supposed to come to Queen of Fee and, and go to her program and everything going to be worked out. Yes, I can help you, but when you go back to the household, what's going on? Right. See what I mean? So, you know, that's my take on the cycle of balance. We got to take it seriously. You know, and if my daughter would have listened to me, she would have put a period at the end of domestic violence. There would not be a question. Sisters and brothers got so many questions. You mentioned the back and forth. That's why they go back and forth. Because they got so many questions. Are they going to change? You know, is it really domestic violence? Well, my mother did that to my father. My father did that to my mother. They made it out all right. It's a whole lot of questions there. When we have got to teach people how to put a period at the end of domestic violence. My daughter couldn't put a period here, but I tell you something, every time we meet, she wish she would have put a period here on earth. She did not have the intention of this young man killing her and she died. Right. And never see her baby. She wished every single day that she could have put a period on it. But there's some sisters and brothers who going to go to heaven with them questions. They ain't going to be able to put the period on until they get to heaven. But we need we, we need prevention. And prevention is having those conversations. And like you're asking, knowing what that cycle is and taking it very serious enough. I don't care if it's your baby father, your baby mother, your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your children. Okay? Everybody can be an abuser, honey. We yeah. need to put a period on the end of that. So, so very true. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, one of the things a lot of people that are just really not educated and not uh, don't have a lot of knowledge on domestic violence situations, they'll tell the victim, well, can you just leave or why won't you just leave? And they make it seem like it's an easy process. Can you maybe speak on why we shouldn't tell victims to just leave and the importance of having a plan if leaving that abuser is the option. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, now you got a relation to my own story where I was victim and abuser. Okay. Wow. Um, and one of the things that I'm noticing is that, yes, we have a lot of victim, you know, um, uh, uh, resources and things. But for me as an abuser, and I'm a woman abuser, there's no resources for me. For me, to, for somebody to tap in and I would say, wait a minute, she's dealing with domestic violence now. There's no resources for me as a woman. This is heartbreaking. 
who does America think they are talking about you having a conversation about domestic violence and you can't even help an abusive woman because women are justified in being abusers. I know that because I was one. And it's many cases like my own. See, um, and so that's, that's, that's a good place that we got to start. The other thing as an abuser myself is that um, you can't come to me and tell me you leaving. <laughs> you can't attempt to pack up your clothes and keep talking about you want to take my children. I never see them again. Keep talking about if I don't get my act right, you won't talk to me no more. You're going to leave. Keep talking about um, if I don't do right or if I don't get a job and all these things that you knew wasn't in me in the first place. Because I didn't come into the relationship with no job. But I came in with three children. You knew that, too. Uh, so you knew I was broke and didn't have no money. But you still accepted me. You still said you wanted to be with me. Oh, so now you want to leave me? No. It don't work like that with the abuse. You will be killed. You will be hurt badly. So sisters and brothers need to devise a plan in secret. You have to have everything appear the same. You know, you have to make those phone calls when the abuser is not there. And sometimes you can't tell it to your family because nine times out of ten, if they're abuser, we're going to know which one of your family members to tell us where you are, get you sent back home, and right in and there you're dead. See what I mean? So it's dangerous to do that. We lose trust on our victims when they do stuff like that. And it only pisses us off and makes us want to kill. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Make a lot of sense. So you can't, you cannot tell the abuser. You must, 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 must do everything that you're going to do in secret. Unless, unless you're going to jump up one day when you know the abuser's not there and you're going to run for the rest of your life, you're never coming back. You don't never come back because when you come back, you're dead. And he or she may not have physically killed you, but it's going to feel like it. It's going to feel almost to your death. And then it might be your death. See, so you got to learn to um, devise your plan in secret. And the best way to do that is, of course, like you said, you can, you know, use your resources that are local to you. uh, Or you can, of course, reach out to Queen of Thieves. Um, reach out to somebody who's personal, you know, in a personal space that, um, you know, maybe not really connected with the household. Maybe somebody that the abuser does not know about. But you plan on leaving and never coming back. Uh-huh. No more going and coming back. That does not help you build rapport with the abuser. So me, I don't tell victims to leave. I never will. I never told my daughter to leave her relationship because that's a no-no. Uh-huh. Okay? I tell them to stay. Stay! You stay in that relationship until you can find, devise a good plan to get out. Because I'm telling you something, I'm smart. Abusers are very smart. And we thinking a thousand times before the victim. Let me tell you why. Because uh-huh. we have abused the victim so bad emotionally. The victim not thinking for themselves. Uh-huh. They thinking for me. So you don't know where you're going. You scared to go. You stuck. You afraid to move because you know that I'm always a thousand steps ahead of you when it comes to thinking. You know the victim is always dumb. The victim is always dumb and stupid. And then they believe they dumb and stupid. Yeah, and that's what I need. 
mm-hmm. so that I can keep them in their place. You see what I mean? So, right. see, 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 if you don't know the tactics of the abuser, you don't know how to lead that relationship. You will lead and be killed. Yep. Because you don't know what the tactics are of an abuser. So I tell my victims, stay. Because you need to devise a plan about when the best time would be for you to take you and your children and run and never come back. Right. Wow. And that's for the male abuser. I'm sorry, that's for the male victim and for the for the um for the woman that is a victim. Mm-hmm. Our teenagers, um, where are you gonna go? You know. Our teenagers, where are you really gonna go? Because nine times out of ten you stuck, don't have a job, you know, you might be in school, focusing mm-hmm. on Things, our college students, yes, you can get away to college, but I'm going to still control you down at college. You're still not thinking for yourself at school. You're thinking about me. You're thinking about what I said I'm going to do. So, yes, you all way in Bowie or you in Hampton. You might be over in Boston somewhere, and I'm over in D.C., and I still got your mind, mm. your body, and your spirit. Mm. Everything you in Boston doing, I know about it. And it's a lot of stuff that I don't even need to know. <laughs> wow. You know, but we got to be very careful when we start telling victims to leave. Yeah. And the research say that victim chances of dying go up 75% when wow. we tell them to leave. Wow. So that is something that we need to move away from. I mean, we need to move away from that immediately. Wow. That's that's very very um, good stuff, good knowledge, um, and good awareness. Uh, because a lot of times people just think it's so easy to leave and don't understand that mind control, that manipulation that comes behind the victim and the abuser relationship. Mm-hmm. So, Queen, what are some red flags? Things that we normally see that's in the obvious, and things that we may not see. Um, that you would potentially have to be in it to to be able to identify like, hmm, I may be a victim of abuse because of X, Y, Z. Um, I'm going to have to say, when we're talking about those many tags of domestic violence, I'm going to have to say verbal abuse is the number one way to tell because how, does, how do we build relationships? We build them through talking. Talking, texting, texting, messenger, WhatsApp, messenger, <laughs> your WhatsApp. Yeah. Communication lines, right? I'm so going to have true. to say verbal abuse is going to be the first one. You know what else? It's the first one missed. It's always the first one missed, and that's like, oh, well, I thought I heard, I thought I read some flags. I, I thought. He said some flags, or he said some flags, but I really didn't, you know, I just shrugged it off like it wasn't nothing. Oh, no, homie. No, no. Every word that that person is saying, you need to see what truth is behind it, or um, is it coming with encouragement? No. Um, don't say, oh, it's going to get better, because let me tell you, some verbal abuse don't get no better. I mean, and especially because it's unseen. It's not taken seriously. We think that we can just talk to one another and still be in a relationship together. And we don't think that that can turn into emotional abuse, physical abuse. 
We don't think that it turns into that, but that's exactly what it turns into. So if you're on the line with somebody who's texting you all of these things, you know, or you the abuser texting them, texting that person all these things, like, you need to cut it. Like, it's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nobody shouldn't be texting you like that, nor should you be texting anyone like that where it's a verbal attack. Or because I didn't do something that you wanted me to do, now I'm a bitch. Oh, you know that come across that text message real quick when you don't do what the other partner wants you to do. We need to take verbal abuse very serious. The first time. Not the second. The first time you're supposed to be building a relationship or communicating with somebody. The first time they don't show you no respect. Well, Queen, the first he, he was just, he was just, uh, he got angry. I, you know, I I didn't do um, what I said I was going to do. I didn't show up. I didn't do the dishes. I didn't do something. So, yeah. I, you know, he kind of had a right to be mad at me or upset. Mm-hmm. And I going to sure do because you dumb. You should have washed mm. the dishes. Mm. Everything I tell you to do, you so dumb, you don't do nothing. That's why you stupid. That's why your family don't want you when they out because you stupid. See, all of that right there, got to stop. Yeah, because then you start internalizing that. Now I'm thinking I'm stupid. Now I'm thinking I'm not enough. Now you start getting emotionally abused. Yep. Because you're believing every word. And the object for the abuse is that to convince the the victim to believe everything that I'm saying about them is true. Yep. You know, and if you don't pay, if you don't have a passage to really believe in yourself, then you probably are going to start believing what I tell you. The other thing is you may believe in yourself, but I can get you down. I can break you down and make you start questioning yourself. That's why nobody can't say, oh, it ain't going to never happen to me. Oh, no, nah, it will never happen to me, honey. See, I mean, you better watch yourself because domestic violence don't pick you by it won't never happen to me. Believe me, the abuser know how to slide right up on you and tell you things that you are going to believe. <laughs> you are going to believe it. Trust me. So I would say verbal abuse being number one. Pay attention to that. I don't like let it. that, you know, don't let that slip over and, you know, you don't you don't take the second guess. Like, what, what did this person just say to me? Right, right. You know, you're looking, like, looking at your text message like, excuse me, when you feel that feeling, right. hey, that's real. <laughs> Oh, you, yo, he, I know he didn't mean to say that to me. I know she didn't mean me when she said, uh, they texted to your phone. Right, right. Or they said it to you. How they didn't mean it. Right. And then you got to watch out for the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, boo. I won't say it again. I'm sorry, babe. You know, when I get mad, you know, when I get drunk, I get high, say anything. I'm, I'm, no, nah, that's not the big excuse. That's not to be excuse because the next thing will happen is will start coming to you. The abuser will start doing it to you personally. For those of us who think that the abuser will never do it to you. I hope that helps. I'll be going hang. So. Now that's, that's <laughs> great. That's great, great. 
So as we wrap this thing up, if you could maybe share a few resources that could potentially help someone that may be thinking that they are in a domestic abuse situation and just wanting some help, maybe wanting someone to talk to, and then um, tell us how we can also get in contact with you or follow you on the various social media sites. Okay, cool. Um, I know I cussed a bit. Forgive me. Forgive me. No. <laughs> Listen, but Queen is going to keep it a trillion with everybody every time. Because, and I like uh, that. I like that because that, because that you said, reach people. Yeah. Said, we are so delayed on the conversation. Yep. That's the problem. I got to speed your brain ahead because we're so delayed on the conversation. Right. And it's sweeping us up and taking us out by storm. Right. That's why, you know, I have to go there, sis. So I thank you, appreciate you for, <laughs> you know, giving me my space, my time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, one of the hotlines, of course, is the National Hotline for Domestic Violence, 1-800-799-SAFE. And what that does is give you all of your information uh, in your area. You know, what programs are current, you know, um, steps to do certain things. Um, people to reach out to that are current within your state, which is great um, because I don't know every place that's current in your state. So the national hotline is good for that. Um, the other thing would be, of course, if you have, you know, if if you have insurance, if you have, um, you know, uh, some place that or some person that you can go and talk to on a personal note. And I know you got to sneak out because the abuse is crazy. And want to know where you're at every five seconds of the day. You don't get much time. I know that. But you know when you can get some time uh-huh. to make a phone call or to, you know, to um, inbox or send an email to somebody to say, look, I'm feeling this way, you know. And I was just looking for a couple of tips to help me. Okay, that's what our Kelly baby mother said. She said she went online. The wife said she went online and found the resource there to help her um, escape the abuse, okay? So you can definitely do that. I know you cannot do it, and I don't want you to do it in front of your abuse. I do not want your abuser to know that you have called the National Hotline for, because he paid a phone bill or she paid a phone bill. So you got to be discreet when you reach out to the resource, okay? Um, and then, of course, you know, if you uh, once again, if you have you know a place where you can go to, a, a mental health therapist or professional, somebody that can help you there. And then again, I'm going to say the hotline is the best place because it's going to give you the updated resources that are in your specific state. Awesome. 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 Queen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so, so very much for no taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. I know we made this appointment back, what, January? Yes, ma'am. Yes, <laughs> Early ma'am. in the year. You are a busy, busy woman, and uh, you wear so many hats, and I know every time you share light, share your voice, it is helping someone. So that is my goal Amen. on Thank this call, you. this uh, podcast episode, episode to um help someone to help and share some awareness about domestic violence so that we can be a part of that conversation and share some light to help other people amen how can how can we you're welcome you're welcome how can we find you how can we follow you okay you know the best thing i always tell people call me (laughs) call me up (laughs) 
202-821-8933. Or you can just type in DVWMT on Google and all of the information will pop up. Fantastic, fantastic. And I'll put your information, um, I'll attach it to the episode as well. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, specifically in the DMV area, can have that access to you. Um, and also, um, they can follow you also on different social media sites. But definitely, like you said, we'll Google you um, and we'll find you on social media, sharing some information and light on this amazing topic that we need to talk about, not only just for adults, but for our teenagers, our in-betweens. It needs to start yeah. early so that we can stop this thing from growing so very, for so very large. And you may say one last thing, Queen. How how early should we start this conversation? I, I'm going to say, say five. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to go like six or seven. You know, when when cho- when our children begin to um, develop friendships and mm-hmm. they're looking. Um, building relationships because even on the playground how you are dealing with the young you know how the little boys like to hit the girls and play tag and all that stuff you know it's a healthy way to do that but when they can do that right there that is the time to start having those conversations absolutely or when you hear them start cussing and they start cussing (laughs) (laughs) so so very true so very true thank you so much um we will talk to you soon. Okay. My goal is to get you the information to help you improve the quality of your life and, of course, help you find that purpose and stay on it. I hope that you have found this episode focusing in on domestic violence, empowering and inspiring. Please remember you have resources, one of them being the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE-7233. Intro Davis signing off. And remember to stay on purpose.